Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. Well, we have said it time and time again, and I know we all know this, uh, that the truths and the teachings of Jesus Christ took everyone by surprise when he showed up on the scene. Um, He caused quite an uproar. Uh, The Bible lets us know clearly that his ways are not our ways. They're so much higher and even his thoughts are so much different than ours um why if we're created in his image why are his ways so much higher than ours and and his thoughts so much different well if you were all-knowing and if you were all-seeing and you knew the future you knew what was going to happen a year from now you would your thinking would be a lot different than mine. Your ways would be a lot different than the world's. If we knew what the economy was going to do next August, we would be doing something about it today. So when you know that you know, you act differently than other people that don't know. And that's pretty much the way it was with Jesus. Um, he was the leader of those who turned the world upside down he was the instigator he came to be truth and to bring truth and this world has never been the same since and thank God for it I don't want to be just in this world without hope without the hope of Jesus Christ so I'm thankful that he came Uh, our focus this quarter is on life to be the church truly be the church we must understand the ways of the Word of God its principles its standards for living for the best life and for the life that is to come because this is not what it's all about right here it's about the life that is to come so our third quarter focus on our paper that brother Timothy made for us um, says that this is a focus on biblical principles that teach us how to live in the world we will discover a practical everyday principles the Bible teaches on topics such as stewardship relationships parenting and more so in learning these things things about life I think we all want to know how can I have the best life possible how can I live the best life possible I mean who doesn't want to know that but as I stated in the beginning in order to do things Um, and have the best life possible according to the Word of God we have to do things 
God's way. I mean, after all, it's his manual. <laughs> if if uh, someone gave the acronym B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions before leaving earth. Yeah, I can agree with that. Mankind would say, in order to arrive at your best life, then you need to take care of yourself first. Be about old number one. Do what makes you happy. Buy what pleases you. Go the places that make your heart content. Follow your heart. Do me a favor. Don't ever buy that sign and put it in your house. Because the Bible says the heart is deceitful. It will lead you astray. Uh, the world would say, save the best you for you. And on and on, the philosophies of the world go about selfishness. And it's always been that way from the beginning. So, these self-centered ways are exactly the opposite. Exactly the opposite of the life and the very example of Jesus Christ. He taught that the way up is down. If you want to be first, then be last. If you want to be the greatest, look for the seat at the back where nobody notices you. Be like the unnoticed child. Become the least. Become the servant. You want to become the king? Become the servant. To arrive means it's to reach one's destination. To attain success. Power, achievement, or fame. Have you ever said, oh, he thinks he has arrived. <laughs> now I've arrived. I got, I finally bought a whatever. Let's see, what is my favorite, my favorite car right now? It's boring. It's a Honda Pilot. I would love to have one of those. And maybe if I got one, I'd think, oh, I've arrived finally. <laughs> I just like Hondas and I like the Pilot. But that word arrived, to arrive means to reach one's destination, to reach success, power, achievement, or fame. The teachings of the Holy Bible say that if you want to arrive, then you first need to die. To be successful in the kingdom, in God's kingdom, it takes dying. To have power that you are longing for, then you must first become weak unto death. So, I'm going to talk to us about DOA. Dead on arrival. Yes, the life of a Christian is about gaining but gain only comes after the loss. The Apostle Paul learned this concept very, very well. And not only did he learn it, but he was willing to learn it. That's a big difference. Sometimes we learn it 
<laughs> not out of choice. Oh, but it is another thing to be willing to learn what it really is like to die. To die to ourself, to die to our wants, to die to our ideas that we think are better than everybody else's. Woo. I believe he did well at keeping his eyes on the prize. He knew in order to win the race, he had to first give in to the concept of death and loss. He spoke to the Galatians in Galatians 2, 19 and 20. <clears throat> For I, through the law, am dead to the law, that I might live unto God. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. In Galatians 5 and 24, he wrote, and they that are Christ, those who belong to Christ, have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. To crucify, we know that's a literal meaning of death, to kill. Now this is speaking metaphorically. To crucify one's flesh is to destroy its power utterly destruction is intended to extinguish passion and selfishness wouldn't that be cool to have a selfishness extinguisher instead of a fire extinguisher i just pick it up and run over to my husband and like get rid of that selfishness right now <laughs> and uh, then i'd have to give myself a bigger blast <laughs> To extinguish passion and selfishness is to crucify the flesh. And then he wrote, Romans 6, 1 through 3, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? When we gave our lives to the Lord, we should have become dead to sin. Know ye not that so many of us that were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Wow. I didn't know I was going to die when I got baptized, or maybe I wouldn't have got baptized. <laughs> but that's what it says. We, those who are dead to sin, baptized into death. This is the death that I'm talking about today. Not a literal death, but a death to sin. A death to the ways of the flesh. A death to self-will. Self-righteousness. A death to selfishness. I'm telling you, if there's one thing every single one of us have in common, and that is selfishness. Even if you are the most giving, compassionate person, we still have to deal with that selfishness. Romans 8 and 13. For if ye live after the flesh, 
ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit, you don't have to do it on your own, through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Now this is talking about a literal death and a metaphoric death. Because if you live in the flesh, you shall die. You will literally die. But if through the Spirit you mortify the deeds of the body, you will live. Paul says, if you live a life of sin, you will die. So if you want to live, you have to die. <laughs> or kill the deeds of the flesh. The ways and the actions of our sinful, carnal nature. And then in the words of Jesus himself in Luke 9, 23 and 24. And he said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross daily and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. Did I tell you that his ways are different than our ways? What is the purpose of this cross that we are to take up daily? The purpose of a cross is death. When people saw a cross back in that day, they knew someone was going to be put on that cross and someone was going to die. And Jesus said, take up your cross every single day. He was saying, die to yourself. Die to your ways. Die to your ideas. If you want to be like me, you can't think like you. You can't act like you. You can't keep your own ideas and think they're what is right. You have to act like me and be like me. And as our ultimate example, he put himself on a cross. The purpose of the cross is death. Death to self daily will help us arrive right where God wants us to be. In the words of John the Baptist, he must increase. And I must decrease. I have for a while. I know I've talked about it in focus prayer a few times. But just I just feel like I've been on this quest of alignment. Alignment of God's purpose in my life. Just to align myself with him. With his plan on an everyday basis. And... Uh, you're probably thinking, well, you're 59 years old. It's about time you start acting like that. <laughs> and I would have to agree. <laughs> um, I feel like I've always been, for you know, most of my adult life, uh, been on a quest of how can I further the kingdom of God? I just want to do what I can do for the kingdom of God. But I am realizing that I am only one. But I am one. And if I will just align myself with the purpose that he created me for 59 years ago, then one day I'll be able to stand before him. And I'm going to hear those words that all of us want to hear. Well done. Good and faithful 
king, queen, ruler of the universe. No, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Obviously, his purpose was for me to be a part of his kingdom. I, I don't know, but I'm thinking my mother was probably either on her way to church when she went into labor with me or on her way home. I don't know. We were always at church. <laughs> so I do believe and know that he had a purpose to put me in the kingdom, just like everyone in the building. I've always been blessed to know what it feels like to be in the presence of God. I was nine years old when I received the gift of the Holy Ghost at camp and uh, then was baptized in Jesus' name, even though I thought my dad was going to drown me and I fought coming up. I, I think it still took place. <laughs> it still happened. <laughs> But you know what? No matter what your background, your story, it doesn't matter. Because we're all here now. And we just want to fulfill his plan for our lives. There might be different pathways that each one of us take to get to his plan. But I'm going to tell you. It ends up at the same place. His plan for every one of us ends up at the same place. And I'm going to tell you where that place is. And that is the grave. All of the paths lead to the same place. Well, that really sounds fun, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, I want to live for God so I can die. Well... What I'm saying is all of the roads that he has for us, all of the paths that he has for us to get to the best life, to get to where we need to be in him, it all leads to death, to self. And he was our ultimate example. It doesn't mean that there's no joy along the way. Of course there is, and laughter and celebration but clearly the word of God spells it out for us. The way to the best life is through death. Death to self. Death to selfishness. Death to our will. Death to our plans. I, I think it shows clearly in the life of Jesus. If he could have got out of death, he would have. It's like, Lord, if it be possible, can this just pass by me that I don't have to deal with this? I mean, he showed us what it's like to walk in this flesh. He understood it very clearly. Who likes death? Nobody. Who likes the grave? Nobody. Death seeds produce, dead seeds, I'm sorry, produce grain or Greg produce flowers <laughs> grain produces bread and bread sustains life it takes death to truly live John 12 24 and 25 verily verily I say unto you except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die it abideth alone 
But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it. And he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. I think if we are honest today, all of us would love to just stay away from death of any kind. <laughs> death is painful. In any sense of the word, death is painful. We all want Christ's power displayed in our lives. We all want to be used of God. We love hearing the stories of the mighty works of God in people's lives. But no one wants to go through the crucifixion that it takes to experience that power. Right? Who wants death? Not me. I don't want death. I don't like it. It doesn't feel good. Any kind of death. Anytime you have to tell yourself no, it is no fun. I don't know about you, but I like getting my way. I got some good ideas, and I like getting my way. It's right now, I need some duct tape. <laughs> When difficulties come our way, if it is hurt by someone, if it is trouble in our lives, we all want to just shy away from the struggle. We want to rebuke it. <laughs> it doesn't feel good. And we want to get away from it as fast as possible. Some of you are probably like me in the room when someone hurts you, you just really want to be a recluse and just get away and just let me, leave me alone, let me think about it, let me deal with it. Um, we want to stay away from trouble or we want to fix it. We don't want to allow trouble in our lives or disappointments or heartaches or pains but what we don't realize is many times those things actually work for our good. It, again, a lot of things in the word of God, the things that he says, the teachings of the word of God, just sometimes don't compute with us, with our human flesh. Um, I, in the book that I'm reading, he made a really good point about what Jesus said to Peter versus what he said to Judas. Judas, who sold Jesus for 30 pieces of silver and betrayed him, Jesus called him friend. In contrast, when Peter heard that Jesus was going to die on a cross and he protested against it and said, Lord, this can't happen to you, instead of saying, well, thank you, friend, I'm, I'm glad you care. He rebuked him and said, get behind me, Satan. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> Why would Jesus call Judas' friend and rebuke Peter? Judas was the one helping fulfill Jesus' purpose. And Peter was trying to keep him from it. Of course, neither one of them understood that. But Jesus knew. 
We want the power that comes with aligning ourselves with God. But we don't want to deal with the death that has to take place for that to happen. We want the resurrection, but we don't want the crucifixion. Sometimes bad things happen in our lives, even hurtful things. And we have a choice in that moment. We can get mad and we can tell everybody about it and we can rebuke it and try to get it out of our lives. Or we can just sit still and be quiet and say, God, what is the point of this? What is the purpose of this? Because I believe that you order my steps every single day. I submit myself to you every day. So therefore, I believe you order my steps every day. So if this has happened to me, then there's got to be a purpose behind it. And it's for my good. It may feel like death sometimes. But maybe that death is to actually bring new life in us. In this book that uh, Eugene Wilson wrote, Rodentivity, he made up the word, by the way, he explains that we all should be striving for alignment with the plan of God for our lives. But also there are enemies that we must face that will try everything in their power to keep us from aligning ourselves with God. But with every enemy, God has given us power to overcome. And aren't you thankful for that? I don't like fighting. I don't like enemies. So I'm glad we have power to overcome. The three enemies, he said, are the world, the devil, and our flesh. Knowing who our enemies are, how they may help or hinder us in our alignment, and what our response should be can be a great benefit to us. So, if something comes against us, the way we respond to it could make all the difference in the world, in our alignment with God. We know that the Bible tells us to love not the world and that if we're a friend of the world, then we are an enemy of God. The world is always a detriment to where we as Christians are headed. So what does it mean by the world? The world is the value system that dominates society. And we should not allow the way of the world and the thinking of the world to become our thinking. We are not to adopt its value system because it's contrary to the word of God. It's contrary to the plan of God. It's contrary to the ways of God. His kingdom has its own set of values. The value system of this world will try to hinder our alignment with God's plan and purpose. So when we take on that value system, we've just taken a step backwards in our alignment process. The world's value system is all about self. 
me. That's the value system of the world, me. What can I do for me? What can I do today for me? I'm not thinking about you. I'm thinking about me. What's the best thing for me? Exactly the opposite of alignment with God's value system. He always puts value on others. Paul gave us an answer to overcome the world, this enemy. It's by renewing our minds. Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by what? Right here. The renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? We cannot think like the world. We cannot hold on to the values of the world and defeat this enemy at the same time. We defeat the enemy of the world by making sure our thoughts are aligned with Scripture. That's why it is so vitally important what you put in front of you, what you watch, what you read, what you listen to. If you find yourself continuously fighting against the world, fighting against the values of the world, fighting against what the world says is right, check what you're looking at, check what you're reading, check what you're listening to. If you're listening to the world, all day long how can you have the value system of God if you pick up the word or you listen to the word or you listen to preaching or whatever it is something about the word you're gonna realize there is a vast difference in the value systems of the world and the word of God the world is our enemy it's the enemy of the church the world is putting value on things that the Bible says is an abomination. And if we're not careful, we just gravitate toward that value system. And we get closer to it. Instead of valuing what God values. As our thoughts are aligned with God's word. It will help us be aligned to his purpose. Alignment can happen when we value the same things that he values. The second enemy is the devil. The Bible describes him in many ways. A deceiver, a liar, a murderer, accuser, tempter, the evil one. He beguiles, he seduces, opposes, resists, deceives, sows, tears, hinders, buffets, tempts, persecutes, and blasphemes. Everything he is about is centered on destruction. And he is the enemy that tries to keep us
from aligning ourselves with God's purpose. Here's the thing. If we ever walk into God's purpose and plan for our life, everything about your world, everybody in your world, it's going to change. Why do you think these enemies are fighting so hard against us aligning ourselves with God's purpose? Because they know. <laughs> they know people like the Apostle Paul. There's an adversary walking about seeking whom he may devour. Whoever allows it. He's going to try to stop your furtherance in God's kingdom. But he truly has no power. Because he's already defeated. The only power he has is what we give him. The answer again to defeat this enemy is death. You're like, well, that's true. I just die right now I have to quit fighting the devil I'm not talking about literal death I'm talking about death to my will death to my will through submission to his will James 4 and 7 submit yourselves therefore to God number one resist the devil and he will flee from you Anybody want the devil to flee from you? Get out of your house. Get out of your job. Get out away from your family. Here's the key. The answer is right there in the word of God. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he might flee if he feels like it. No, it says and he will flee from you. To submit means to Come under someone else's rule or jurisdiction. Put your own ideas to death. You can say it out loud if you want. You're killing me, Sister Burke. You're killing me. <laughs> That's all right. I'm killing myself right now. <laughs> when you and I come under God's authority and submit ourselves to him, we win. We win over the enemy. In order to arrive and to overcome the enemy, we must die by submission. Submission is simply getting up and saying, God, you know what? I got plans today. I'm going to do this, 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 and this. But that's just my idea. Nevertheless, not my will. That yours be done. I want to take this scripture out because it really hurts the flesh. I want to take this scripture out because it makes me uncomfortable. I want to take the scripture Sister Burke is reading today about dying. I definitely want to take those out. But nevertheless, <laughs> not my idea. You are the author. You're the finisher of my faith. I submit to your will. I submit to your word. Your word is your will, God. So I submit to it. All the plans of Satan to keep us from aligning ourselves with God will backfire when we submit ourselves unto God. The Bible clearly tells us that if Satan had known... <laughs> 
what was going to happen, he would have never crucified the Lord of glory. The devil thought that when Jesus died on the cross, that it was the end. But the other night when we were at, uh, Mike and I were at the live concert, one of the artists got up there, and this is what he said. He said the devil thought that when Jesus died on the cross, that it was the end. But what he didn't realize is Jesus died before he went to the cross. He died in the garden. He died to his flesh. And then he drew his last breath on the cross. It was in the garden through excruciating pain that he was saying, not my will. Not my, I submit to you, God, whatever you want. And the last enemy is the flesh. The most familiar to each of us. Our very own flesh. The part of us that opposes God. The part of us that is prone to sin. Our flesh is against our alignment with God. Paul describes the battle very well in Romans. It can get a little tongue-tied, but Romans 7, 19 through 24. For the good that I would do, that I, see I've already got it mixed up. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Every time I want to do good, I don't do it. And I don't want to do evil, and then I do it. Now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that doeth it, but it's sin that dwells in me. I find then a law <clears throat> that when I would do good, evil is present with me. That evil is simply the flesh. <laughs> For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? <clears throat> How do we overcome such a thing as this strong-willed flesh? Galatians 5, 16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary one to another, so that ye cannot do the things that you would. But if ye be led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. And then he lists all the works of the flesh. And then he lists the fruit of the Spirit. And then verse 24 he says, And they that are Christ, those who belong to Christ, have what? Crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. 
I don't know about you, but I love to be around people who walk in the Spirit. I love conversations with them. We went to Michigan, and uh, the first night we stayed at Brother and Sister Walker's church. They let us pull the camper in there. And we visited with him a little bit, went to eat, and he had something to do. But he came back to the camper and was visiting with us. And we're just chatting. We're just talking. We're just having good conversation. And he gets up to leave, and we're all standing there. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of the Lord just settled. And we all recognized it. And Brother Walker said, you feel that? Let's pray. I mean, we were just saying goodbye. Isn't it time to go to bed? I mean, we got things, you know. But there was time. And so we had a beautiful time in prayer. If we want to crucify the flesh, we will walk in the Spirit. It takes death to the flesh. It takes death to the ways of the world. It takes submitting ourselves to God, submitting our will to Him. Can I tell you that until, until, until every one of us submit ourselves to God, our will, our ideas, our ways, until we do that, we're never going to live the life that we were meant to live. We have the power of the Holy Ghost inside of us. That is power to overcome That is power to overcome the flesh. That's power to overcome the world. That's power to overcome the enemy. He's under our feet. But until we die to our ways and our ideas and our what we think is right, and I'm going to push myself until you know that I am right. You want to know how to live the best life in your marriage as parents as on a job in the church the best life the life that God designed for every one of us the instructions are all in his word every instruction you will ever need is in the word of God we can keep trying it our own way and just see what happens but you know where we end up we all still end up at the grave but it's a life of destruction with no happiness no joy no peace But when you do it his way, in a marriage, when I am submitted to his authority, do I like it? I do not like it. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm in church. (laughs) But I know what it takes because the Bible tells me so. And it is the truth. So if I want the best life that I'm going to do, Not what he says, but I'm going to do what God says, and that is to do what he says. (laughs) If I want to have the best life in having children and and raising children, then I have to first be submitted to God. And then I have to teach them to be submitted to God and to the ways of God. And what does the word say? It doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. That's the ways of the world. That's the enemy of our soul. So let's not look what is the world wearing on the first day of school. It doesn't matter. 
We want to align ourselves with God and his word and represent him and be aligned with him. So church, if we want, and we all do, I don't care who you are, we all want to arrive. We all want to be successful. We all want to feel powerful. There's only one way to do it in the kingdom of God. There's other ways you can do it in the world, and you'll get and reap the rewards of the world. But in the kingdom of God, there's only one way to arrive, and that is to die. I have to die to my will. If I want unity in the church, if I want unity in my family, if I want unity at all, I have to say, Rhonda, you are not getting your way. It's not all about you. Yeah, that was a great idea, but somebody else just might have a better one. It's constant submission. Constant submission to one another. The Bible teaches me that I have to submit to you, not just to God. I have to submit to you. When we can come to the point where we really believe that somebody else in the church might just have a better idea than me, that's a good thing. He says, submit yourselves one to another. Hmm. Many, many scriptures about death. And as I said, there's nothing fun about death. Nothing. It is not fun submitting. But if I really want the blessings of the Lord, if I want the best marriage, if I want the best relationships with people, if I want what is best for the kingdom of God, for Landmark Worship Center, that I'm going to do what I have to do. And I'm going to die to my will to make it happen. I want us to pray. And I want us to ask the Lord for his help. Because I can tell you right now, on our own, we can't do it. <laughs> but with him, through him, everything is possible. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it teaches.